for my whole life, I didn't know if I even really existed. But I do. And people are starting to notice. You think this is funny? Is this a joke to you? Murray, one small thing. Yeah. When you bring me out, can you introduce me as Joker? Send in the clowns. Hello and welcome to Fan Critical and our podcast review of Joker starring Joaquin Phoenix and directed by Todd Phillips. Today I am joined by Emma. Hello. And the burly man himself, John. Hello. Mm, very good. I'm going to be honest with you, guys. When this film was first announced, serious, serious reservations. Mm. Um, not about the casting, because, you know, our boy Joaquin, he's... Um, man like Joaquin. Man like Joaquin. He, he always throws himself into roles and always... He doesn't choose shit, basically. He always, <laughs> he always chooses the right films, you know, even in things like Signs, he's fucking brilliant. So I, I wasn't. Love that film. I love that film actually as well. Good Christian film, that. <laughs> Good Christian fun. <laughs> so I, I was worried, but when I saw who was directing, I was even more worried. Todd Phillips, mm. Hangover of Hangover fame. Yeah. The Hangover. The Hangover. The Hangover. You know, with uh, Alan. Yeah. You know, Zach Galifianakis. No, yeah, 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 yeah. A bit like how I was feeling yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And that is a very good point. Let's, let's, let's talk. Mess. Let's talk about that, John. We turn up at the cinema. Um, theatre, movies in America, and you, I, I walk by, uh, I see the girls, uh, you know, queuing up to get little treats and snacks, and I'm like, where's John? Um, they're like, oh, he's not feeling very well. I was like, what, has he sacked it off? I'm like, nah, he's just over there, but being a little little slug on the sofa. Uh, I walk over. a bit of juice on the sofa. Oh, my actually. God. I walk over, and the state of you, man, on that sofa, I was like, oh, this is not going to be an enjoyable watch for you. Do you know what the well, irony was is that John and I had been out together on Friday, probably drunk a comparable amount, and I was fine. Yeah, but you're an alcoholic. We've talked about this <laughs> on the podcast before. I was worried about this film. Turns out, uh, I don't know what the fuck I was worried about because... It, it blew me away. I want to know what your guys' thoughts are on the film. Your guys'. Your guys'. Your we didn't talk about it much afterwards because we like saving um, our thoughts for the podcast, obviously. Mm. But uh, I, I want to... I didn't want to talk. I you, just wanted to go in. And we'll talk about that in a minute as well. In fact, you didn't <laughs> want to talk. But what were your thoughts, John? Uh, and could you please explain the blueberry system <clears throat> and, uh, you know, rate it out of bloobs? Blue, blue bit. Yes. So the blueberry system is thus. You can have zero bloobs, all the way up to five, but with no half bloob. Ooh. Never half a bloob. You can't do it. No, it's uh, silly. I'm going to give it five blueberries. Oh, right? that's the right decision. Um, it is... I can understand why someone might watch this and feel, I don't know, like, would have mixed feelings about this film because it is quite grim. Um, I mean, it's very grim. Uh, viewing it's not a fucking feel good story by any mm-hmm. means um but you know me i i love that and that's you why do. i loved uh, the watchman and uh, and we will be covering the watchman hbo's uh new series their good big plug. budget series lovely plug um i i i loved it um Joaquin phoenix is exceptional 
and that's that's all to be said to be honest like it's it's a brilliant film it's very different to everything else out there it's its own film yeah I, uh, the the only kind of worry i would have is that he's so good in it yeah that they would put pressure on yeah Joaquin to yeah fight Robert Patterson's Oh Batman. my god, no, 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 no. Which would be terrible. I think, I think the comic book genre on the superhero films <clears throat> are just so tired at the moment. Even, you know, Avengers to an extent is, you know, they've had so many iterations now. What are they on the 23rd film or something after Endgame and mm. Far From Home? And we've got the Phase 4 coming up. But uh, they needed, the, the genre needed shaping up a bit, in my opinion. Yeah. Shaking up, sorry. And I think... This is a fresh take on the most, probably the most iconic villain in comic books. Yeah. Uh, Emma, what were your thoughts? This film was absolutely fucking spectacular. You love that word as well. Yeah, and I don't use it very often these no? days because a lot of the stuff we cover is tripe. <laughs> um, <laughs> this absolutely blew me away. Um, Joaquin mm. Phoenix, and just here's a laugh, so I've been reading Len's notes on the screen. He's spelt Joaquin five different times so far. So about five different All ways wrong. so far. All, All wrong. wrong. Um, no, I, he absolutely nailed it. The 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 atmosphere of the film, the music, the, the nuances of, of character that Joaquin brought to Joker, mm. um, I think for me... It, one of the best iterations I've ever seen. And I thought that the backstory and the kind of the, the story of becoming was perfect. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's the thing, like we'll talk about why people might have some issues with this film, especially some diehard, um, you know, DC fans and, and, and people who like Heath Ledger's Joker. And we all love Heath Ledger's Joker. And it's because he, yeah. he doesn't have a backstory and he, you know, just wants to see the world burn. He is a character with no motive, and this film kind of gives the Joker uh, motive and make it gives, it gives him, you context to why he is the way he is. It gives him reason, which I think. which is some, some people just don't like that. And I, I look, I do understand that from a comic book perspective. Um, but I haven't had a feeling like this uh, coming out of the cinema for a very long time since Infinity War. Since Infinity War, I'd say coming out of that film, I felt very shivery. I felt very shivery coming out of this film. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. It just made me feel tingly, con- co- tingly constantly uneasy, very uncomfortable for the duration of this film, um, mm. which I do enjoy. Actually, I, I like that feeling. That's why I enjoy mm. certain horror films like Hereditary and um, Midsommar by Ari Aster. They're very good films that also make you feel completely uncomfortable. They're not terrifying. Mm. They make you feel uncomfortable. And this film made me like, you know, a bit twitchy in my seat. I was worried. The tension was constantly building with the score, the performance, the camera work, the long lingering shots, the weird, just the weirdness of it. And like even Joaquin Phoenix is like weird, malnourished body moving yes, in these sort of seductively so way. Seductive. Sedu- so well, good. in a way, like the dance moves, you know, they're very, they're very fluid. And it was... It was it was it was out there for me. I, I bloody absolutely loved it. Um, I have to say. Oh, I didn't rate it. You didn't rate it, Emma. Go on. Five boobs. Okay, good. Thank Sorry. you. Just <laughs> I just suddenly realised I hadn't given it a blueberry score. Yeah. If it wasn't yeah. obvious. Hack. I, absolute hack. Hack. Um, I <laughs> think. Fuck. I think. I think when we go watch these sorts of films together, and, it's, and we are lucky that we we do get to go see these films together in the cinema. Um, there's always a good barometer for me about like how a film is going because me and John actually talk to each other quite a bit during films sometimes. Fucking annoying. Little comments like, "Oh, do you see that? Oh, this is going to happen. Oh my god!" And we squeeze each other's legs and rub each other on the arm. <laughs> you know, wipe each other's tears. And I have to say, during this film, 
mainly because you were hungover probably. Yeah. Uh, you I didn't, no not a word. To you. <laughs> you had not a word to say. And I was like, fuck. And I kept looking over at you and you had, and I don't know whether this because you were just in a bad way, but you had like your hand, your hand, your head in your hands and you yeah. were a bit like on edge. And I was like, oh shit, mm. someone's getting affected by this film. Um, <laughs> and then yeah, to be fair though, you did say a couple of things. Uh, number one, when we saw the little fella, you said that was Gaz. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fucking hell. Poor Gaz. I mean... He's definitely not that tall. No one was laughing at that scene apart from you. I felt very uneasy. Very uneasy. And the other bit that you laughed at, which we were in a packed cinema, open, opening night here in London, and it gets to the final sort of scene, the talk show scene, and there's a joke where he's reading... Oh, here's one of my jokes. Um, knock, knock. Who's there? Um, as a detective, um, your son's been run over by a drunk driver and he's dead. <laughs> and John, honestly, in a packed cinema, cracks up. <laughs> Only person. I was just like, oh my God. And then I started laughing because he was laughing. And I was like, this is so awkward. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm giving it five bloobs. It was the just best thing that I didn't know I wanted. And uh, I, I don't want to see this character again. Um, but I do want to see the way that the, the Gotham was portrayed again. And I'll, I'll talk about that a bit later on. Um, what were your opinions on a couple of things, guys, before we jump into the plot? Because I want to say <clears throat> this film has, you know, it started off like a house on fire. It, everyone was absolutely loving it. And then the coming or recent weeks, it has dropped below 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. There has been oh. reviews of just, I mean, it's so polarizing. There aren't like any average reviews. It's either this is the best film of the year or this is the worst thing I've ever seen. It has no ideas. It's, you know, it's terrible. It's one note. And I'm just sitting there like, what? I can't, I can't fathom those reviews. Why do you think this film is polarizing uh, critics <clears throat> so much, John? We live uh, in a time where anything that kind of pushes the button a little bit mm. uh, scares people. Uh, and there is, a, a, unfortunately, I'd like to say a small pocket, but it's an influential pocket of people mm -hmm. that regardless of uh, the craft involved, yeah. regardless of the performance, they want this to be terrible and no one to see it. Um Joaquin Phoenix's performance in this should mean that even if you don't like the film, yeah. you should be able to go, I mean, Jesus, that is incredible. Yeah. Like, uh, I know you, you referred to it as being almost like, uh, I don't know, like big budget art house yeah. cinema. It's, yeah. a, it's an art. It's an art. It's an art form. T it's like a, you know, an indie film take mm -hmm. on like a big budget superhero franchise, and his performance is is so impressive. I, a lot of people have actually said to me that about a couple of people have said that he made it about him and not the character, and I can't see that at all. How I, I don't think that makes sense. He feels so. It was so well realized. Just how seeing his descent from, and we'll talk about the, the, the mental health. Um, issues with the film maybe in a minute actually we'll, we'll go on to that but his portrayal and his descent into the Joker I felt was 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 just I couldn't take my eyes off of it I, as I said it made me feel nervous it made me feel on edge mm. um, his smile his when, laugh when like, have you ever ever watched the the you know the the origins film of a villain and felt so desperately desperately sorry yeah. for them yeah. and I think that really shows you the power of Joaquin Phoenix's performance here um, I 
I, th- I think, yes, yeah, kind of like big budget indie is, is a good way to put it. But actually, it felt for me almost akin to some of the kind of the, the darker elements of the Gotham series, mm. where yeah. it, it kind of just pulls it back to the humdrum of reality and that yeah. people are people. Yeah. And sometimes things can make you... Bad. Well, society can shape you in certain ways, yeah. and and I, there's I think some very, very interesting commentary on that. The, yes. the, no, the Nolan universe of Batman was like, wow, this is a gritty, really. This is this is what like a realistic superhero film mm. kind of is like. Like, if, okay, let's say Bruce Wayne existed. Yeah, you know, say Zuckerberg decided to put on a cape uh, and you know was actually trained by the League of Shadows, whatever. <laughs> then you know it's kind of realistic but this took it to a whole new level for me in terms Mm. of uh, realism this was like gritty early 80s it's uh, it's taxi driver it's taxi driver and the reference there is obviously with De Niro even in the film yeah like when he when he I didn't know he was in it he turned up and I just looked at you go fuck me I can't believe it I said what is he doing good 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 films again then is he yeah and you were like yeah Yep. Doing some good ones. He's doing some good ones. And The Irishman, which is coming out um Yeah, we'll be soon. covering that. We'll definitely be covering that, oh, 100%. Stop talking about The Irishman, John. <laughs> um, but no, I, I don't get those reviews. It was, I mean, just the way the film's put together, like you said, The Craft, John. Mm. Um, it's immaculate. Like, the, mm. the vision, everything was in sync. The score was in sync with the, the, the shaky camera, the sort of drift focus, the long lingering shots of him and his face. And just the, the performance, all those things together, they felt on the same page. They felt that this film had a clear direction and a clear message that I don't know how you can look at it and go, no, I don't really... Even if you don't understand what it's saying or you don't agree with its message, so you'd say it's too violent, you have yeah. to too dangerous. You have to appreciate. You have to, you have to appreciate the art like, yeah. that goes into it. You, like, say, you say dangerous, Len. What, what do you mean by that? Well, it's, it's, been, it's been touted that, you know, the last couple of weeks that this is a dangerous film that portrays, one, mental health in the incorrect way, and we'll talk about that in a I second. I have some strong opinions around that. Uh, and yeah. it also, also that it, it's, it's sort of like a societal a lot there's a lot of riots going on at the moment globally right yes. there's a lot of societal issues that are rising up protests um we talk about white supremacists in america we talked about it on our watchman podcast <laughs> that sort of stuff yeah. uh, stuff that in, inspires people to act and this film you know at its heart is talking about how um the one percent basically uh, treat society badly and and, and people mm. want a fair share of that piece of pie and they're not getting it but also the way that society treats people with mental health also the way that we portray mental health there's a lot of things going on so people think it's dangerous in the context that it might inspire certain people to rise up violently the crudest way to look at this film is uh we've got someone that he's mentally ill he loses it and he just starts killing people because he's pissed off at the world yeah um yeah and it's but that that is not what's going on here yeah like if you don't understand the journey of of the character then yeah i could understand that you might i guess you the dangerous um element of this film is that uh the joker is supposed to be this sim- sympathetic character yes for the audience mm. and the film is excusing the fact that he's just started gunning down innocent people and yeah. just killing innocent people mm-hmm. and now he's this like hero that's inspired uh, loads of people to riot and kill policemen and blah blah blah. Mm. Um, so, for example, if the end of this film was let's let's say it's not called the Joker, it's mm-hmm. just the film is called Arthur Fleck. Yeah. And at the end of the film, he just walks into a cinema and starts gunning people down. Yeah. Um, like 
would he be this heroic character? Well, no, yeah. he's a scumbag, isn't he? Mm. So, so that that's the that's the problem that people have with this film. Yeah, and and that's why the the word dangerous is thrown around. Mm. But I mean, look, people choose to be offended. Yeah, and I, I think this film makes you feel sympathy for the character. But there is a line, and it's clear at the point in which he crosses the line. And Very I think clear. I think if people you know can make their own judgment on this but it's extremely clear for me where it's a flexible line at the start and then there's a there's a hard line and he crosses it Mm. uh, and you can make that judgment i can understand as well that obviously in the past with the batman films there have been shootings in cinema um Mm. remember uh obviously a terrible tragedy so i can completely understand that was related to the joker as well wasn't it Mm. yes and i I, and i i i understand the fear that goes on when you make something that is provocative. Um, but it doesn't mean that you should stop making provocative cinema. Mm. Uh, you know, it doesn't mean that. that That's giving in to the fear and that shouldn't happen. And also I think it's important to acknowledge um, that, that our society is is not in a great place in, in a lot of areas. Mm. And you can't shy away from that. And the magic of, of film is that you can approach that and you can use that social commentary. Um, you know, Len, you mentioned about the mental health, um, the mental mm-hmm. illness uh, piece of this. I thought it was done very well, actually. I think it was, um, you know, and, and somebody who, who grew up in a household with, with mental health and you know, it's been a part yeah. of my life for a long time, it, I, I feel I'm allowed to spout forth on this. Unfortunately, we do live in a society where access to mental health services are being cut and, mm. and there is a huge struggle there. And I think that was quite realistic and there was a lot of realism to that, yeah. which I, I think we can all we can all understand and, and kind of empathise <coughs> with or sympathise at least. And I think that, Joaquin Phoenix played that illness, um, that brain injury and that mental health struggle that he has really, really respectfully. Mm. Um, at the same time, he is playing a villain from a comic book. Yeah, yeah. a super villain. So like there, the, there has to be a bit know. of leeway there in that I think that the, the, the origin of, of in this version of Joker um, was very interestingly done and very timely, uh, but ultimately... He's a comic book villain. Yeah, correct. So yeah. you kind of... We need to remember this is the extreme... This is an extreme yes, case. Exactly. This he, is, you and know. he is an extreme character, but I thought it was fascinating. Yeah, I mean, the film isn't saying that if you're mentally ill and you don't have your medication or if you can't see a therapist that you're just going to go mental and start killing people. Like, that's not what the film is saying at no, all. No, not at all. No. Um, there's a bit where... That didn't um, even occur to me during those two hours. Yeah, um, there's a bit... I, I think it's when he's talking to his mum where he talks about his condition. Yeah. Um and he says it's like it's not a condition that's just him that's that's me. Mm. Yeah. Um and that's kind of his his descent into the the Joker character. Yeah. But again, but the, I, I I read that as they're talking about everything that happens to him is because of him and it's not supposed to be this commentary um on mental illness in mm. general like no. every mm. single person affected by mental illness um is one missed prescription away from like, yeah. murdering people. Exactly. Like, it's, no, 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 it's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. And, you know, let us know where you fall down on the argument of this film because this film is extremely divisive. You can email us at fancriticalpodcast <coughs> at gmail.com and please do let us know your thoughts. Also, we have a poster giveaway to talk about. So Woo! during the screening that we went to, we were given these quite cool, actually, little um, a 4 size posters mm. that had a very interesting like painting of uh, or picture of Joaquin and his makeup and everything as yep. to 
Joker. Uh, we've decided that uh, we are going to give the poster away. Uh, we're all going to sign it and write a little message on oh, there for whoever wins it. Yeah. Famous. Yeah. But, well, no, we're not famous. You're my but, first autograph. Yeah. That, yeah. It's, don't see it as an autograph because we're not famous. But if you would like to see Emma's first ever autograph, <laughs> uh, uh, you can win this little poster. All you have to do is please do leave us a review on iTunes for the podcast. And when you have done so, if you could ping us an email at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com, sorry, fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com uh, when you've done so. Uh, and then we'll select the winner at random Friday this week. Mm, so that's that, good. Yeah, that's quite a good little little giveaway, actually. Yeah, um, exciting. Mm. We're going to do a few more giveaways, actually, not today, but just in the coming weeks. So stay tuned. Anyway, before we jump into a, a chat about the plot, let's have a quick advert break. Hello, yes, quick little plug here from us at Fan Critical. It is an extremely busy time ahead here for us. Uh, we have just begun our Walking Dead coverage. Season 10 has started airing. Yes, there is 10 seasons of The Walking Dead. It is not dying. It's just <laughs> been renewed for 11th as well. So Emma and John, occasionally me, and actually our first ever guest podcaster, Benjamin, uh, who subscribed via our Patreon service, will be reviewing the premiere of Walking Dead. Mm. Yep. If you would like to become a Patreon and also be on a podcast of your choosing or commission a podcast or just have access to our cast episodes where we recast famous films like The Joker or Batman or The Watchmen, uh, then you just have to go to patreon.com forward slash fan critical. Uh, and on there, you'll see different tiers where you can, you know, sponsor us and give us some precious bucks so we can make more content for you guys. Lovely, lovely money. Lovely monies. Uh, Plugging The Watchmen. Now, The Watchmen is a HBO show that they are embarking upon. It's their next Game of Thrones, potentially. So if you like that sort definitely. of stuff. Definitely. And we're covering it. We've actually launched a new podcast called The Watchmen Watchers, which will be out later this week. So if you are listening to this on the week of the 7th of October, then please do go and subscribe to The Watchmen Watchers. Yeah, and it stars the three minute men. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> Enough of that. We don't want to listen to it and you'll get that a bit better. <laughs> Didn't come across very well there, but... Awful. Never comes across well. Um, anyway. Oh, quickly. So, very quickly. Uh, so please do that. The Watchmen Watchers. Also to say Castle Rock Season 2 is out too. We'll be covering that. Um, that is on Castle Rock Critical. Just search for that on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, etc. That starts on October 20th. We've already reviewed the first two trailers for that season. Uh, and there's a lot of buzz around Season 2 and the story of Annie Wilkes from Misery. Yay! So please do check all of that out. Now let's jump into the plot of the Joker. <laughs> let's go through this interesting backstory for the greatest villain of all time in 1981 which i quite liked by the way as a setting as yep. a time period let's mm. i'll continue arthur fleck uh, works as a clown for hire and lives with his mother penny in gotham city the city is collapsing under unemployment crime and financial ruin leaving segments of the population disenfranchised and impoverished did you write this len um it's very nice I didn't. I didn't write it. Mm. I did my usual um, 
notes after writing it off Wikipedia. But you know, that's the job. I can't. I can't. I'm not writing notes while I watch the film, am Fact. I? Facts. You know, pull back the curtain. We do a lot of prep here, but I do not write that. Uh, I will say that Gotham looks terrible in this. And question for you two. Is this the best Gotham that we've ever seen? It's certainly one where you're like, it's, this is a shithole. That's what it's meant to be, though. Like, yeah. like it is meant to be terrible, especially at this this time pre-Batman. Mm. Terrible. Like, yeah. terrible. Mm. Like, it, just looking at it, it just looked horrendous. You know when people like go travelling and they go around the world and they, sometimes you go to like New York or Gaka. you go to London mm. uh, or Tokyo, you know, the mega cities and Gotham is meant to be like New York in a way, no, right? It's just New York. It's just it? New York, but yeah. whatever. Yeah. You know, you go there and sometimes you go, oh, I'd love to live here. Mm. I'd love to live here. Who is going to Gotham and going, ah, oh, <laughs> just got a job in Gotham. Why are you yeah, doing that? What are you doing that for? Yeah. I mean, the way that it yeah. was portrayed was, was brilliant. Um, I loved it trash everywhere the corruption super rats super rats which i was going to talk to you about super cats um, super cats do you think yeah i mean do you think that stuff like the super rats which were mentioned on the on the news it's a little comment but it goes quite a long way in this sort of world where you know there's a giant crocodile as an enemy for <laughs> for batman yeah. do you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah that it's a way of just dialing it back to a bit of realism and going hey guys you know there are giant other giant sewer monsters mm. just giant rats yeah i quite liked it I really like this version of Gotham, um, and I'm a big fan of the TV show Gotham, actually, and it reminds me a lot yeah. of, of, of that, but bigger budget. Yeah, and... and Because and and it is dark, and it is rough as fuck. I mean, yeah, Batman has the darkest stories, like the grittiest yeah. stories, stuff like The Killing 100%. Joke, stuff like The Dark Knight. I mean, yeah. you know, the, the, it's not... It's not happy. It's horrible. <laughs> it's bloody horrible. But they've done it very well. They've done it very well. Arthur suffers from neurological disorder that causes him to laugh at inappropriate times mm. and regularly visits social services worker to obtain medication. Thoughts on this condition? So you don't find that out until quite a way into the film, actually. Well, so you, yeah. you see him uh, sitting down with the social worker just laughing like a nutter. Yes. But he looks like, really, he wants to be crying. Yeah. And it's very confusing. And it's only when he's on the bus playing with the kid that he hands mm. over his hands card. Hands out the little card, yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought it was terrifying. Knowing who he was going to become, <clears throat> I think if you hadn't have known, it would have felt quite different. It was terrifying, but I also felt horrific for him. The Joker's laugh is probably one so of the scariest distinct. things and distinct things mm. about just comic book villains. I mean, and the fact that they were able to get it in in this way, in this sort of device, because you know he does laugh uncontrollably. Mm. Like, yeah. That's always been a trait, and it's it's quite interesting to have this story of him with his actual medical condition. Yeah, well, it gives um, it a reason, doesn't gives it? Gives it a context uh, where you know it's actually quite tragic. Like you were saying, he wants to be. He's upset. He's genuinely like upset in this first interaction with a social worker. Yeah, he's trying to communicate that he's upset, mm. and like later on, he says, "You just never fucking listen to me." Yeah. Uh, you know, he's trying to communicate he's sad, but he can't because of this condition. It is, it's it's so interesting. Um, Just the way that he, like, uh, it's almost like he's choking on the on the laughter. At times he does, like, actually yeah. choke. Yeah. And it's, it's really uncomfortable. Like, almost throws up. Yeah, and I'm just yeah, like, yeah. fucking hell. This, uh, straight away, that one of those first scenes where he's doing that, I was just like, okay, we're in for something special here. Yeah. Um, after a group of street kids uh, attack him in an alley, Arthur's co-worker, Randall, 
Um, reminded me a bit of you, Randall John. Yeah. Loans him a gun for protection. Uh, Arthur also meets Sophie, a single mother who lives in a neighbouring apartment and invites her to his stand-up comedy routine. Sazzy B. Sazzy B, yeah. Sazzy B, yeah. I was surprised she was in it. Um, felt like a random character at times, mm. but I kind of liked the role that she played. I, and obviously the, the revelations later on, uh, absolutely beautifully done. I mean, that was obvious though, wasn't it? Let's talk about that just quickly. We knew that well, when he goes on these interactions with her, I was sitting there thinking, this is all in his head. The time... No, I didn't. I didn't see it coming. Really? I didn't no. either. Not even when she comes to the door and, you know, she says, oh, were you following me today? I mean... No, but no, I mean, I didn't see it such coming. a fucked up place. It is, like... it is, it is. I know, but I, I was like, oh, this is... Definitely I'm with John on this. Up. I totally, oh, I really? totally thought it was part of his, yeah, part of his development. Oh well, and even especially that bit where he comes back having killed the guys on the um, subway. Spoiler. Yeah. Um, and he knocks on her door and he like goes in and kisses her and and that I, I that felt so real to me. That is interesting. Oh, wow, I'm glad we have different takes on that. Mm. That's that's good. Uh, while entertaining at a children's hospital, Arthur's gun falls out of his pocket. Fucking hilarious, that. Anyone else getting Patch Adam vibes here? <laughs> yeah. uh, I was well, like... Up until a certain point. I, yeah, I mean, I was like, this is like an exact scene out of Patch Adams. Mm. Like an yeah. exact scene. Um, it, and whenever it's we grim, see man, him... It? it is grim. But whenever we see him with kids in this film... He's actually very sweet and endearing and he's always trying to cheer them up. Like, he is trying to make people laugh. Well, like I think that that's because, firstly, he was never a happy kid. The mm. irony of that, Penny, you bitch. Yeah. Um, and also that he is still very childlike himself. Mm. And and I think he connects with them better than, than anybody else. Yeah. I, I just thought he was very sweet at times. Which obviously helps make him a sympathetic character, which, you know, some people have a problem with. But um, <laughs> Arthur's fired for this infraction, obviously. I mean, if you go to, like, the, the intensive care unit of a kid's hospital with a, gun. with a gun, I do think that's a bit of an issue. I have to say I agree with the boss here. He has to go. Yeah. He has done the right thing. Uh, the boss was a dick to him the first time around when it was like... When it was just zooming in on his face. And this is what I mean about the lingering shots. Mm. He goes in to meet the, the boss at one point. Yeah, so so before this, obviously, yeah. when he gets beaten up and he has his sign broken. Yeah. And he's like, do you not hear I was I was attacked? And he's yeah. Like, Look, you know, give the guy his sign back. Give his sign back. And it's just... It's like, why would I take his sign? It's just zooming in on his face very slowly. Very, very slowly, lingering, and you just hear this guy in the background going, and you know something else, Arthur? Everyone thinks you're fucking weird. Stop being so fucking weird. And he just starts smiling. I was like, this is fucking brutal. <laughs> so you're right, his boss is a dick. Yeah. But unfortunately, he's right in this instance about firing him. Randall lies and says that Arthur bought the gun off of him. Mm. Uh, absolute prick. Yeah. yeah. During a ride home on the subway, uh, Arthur is beaten up again. Again. Again, man. terrible luck. Uh, well, it's not luck. It's just his laughter. Obviously, is provocative, isn't he it? He is walking around dressed as a fucking clown as well. I also mean. true. But in the eighties, I guess um, people dress like clowns. Well, no, not not people dress like clowns. But I don't know. I don't know. Like, I just feel like clowns were more acceptable in the eighties. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got well, away with it before John Wayne Gacy, wasn't it? So, uh, well, I don't know. Was it? Was I'm that? not sure. 80s. Yeah, it is yeah, the eighties. Okay. But look, 
I know my serial killers. She does. Yeah, no, she does. True. If there's one that's thing true. she knows, it's serial killers. And um, Stephen King. And Stephen King, mm. which is also kind of dark and twisted. Um, but I will say that, you know, I think clowns nowadays are obviously very scary. We've, you know, things like It, which we've covered recently, It Chapter 2, if you've seen that, go uh, check out the podcast. Mm. But um, I just think that they're a bit more acceptable. So I don't think he's just as a clown. I just think his laughter thing got him in trouble here yeah. with the Wayne employees. And we'll mm. talk about Wayne quite a lot as we go on but this scene where he just pulls out the gun and just fucking blows these guys away yeah brilliant when that happened i was like visceral this is the violence that something that we don't usually see in superhero films the closest thing i can think to this is logan Mm. in terms of what it did for that franchise i think this is a turning point for dc even though they're very Mm. loosely attached to this actually you know what I mean? In terms of, I don't think this is in there canonical. Are they going to do the penguin and then it's going to be the same <laughs> thing? Where well, well they like... could do Wayne. Yeah. Honestly, I think having this world, which I think is, I think, right, I don't want to see the Joker again. I don't want to see the Joker again. I don't want to see Joaquin as Joker. I think this is a perfect standalone thing. Yeah. But the world that they've created here, this realistic world, there is no reason you couldn't serialize different characters in this world mm. there's no reason you couldn't have a wayne yeah. film i think that would be extremely interesting a young bruce wayne growing up in this world after losing his parents seeing it from the other side you know um, and we'll talk about how this film comes down on the waynes in a minute but the brutality of this scene on the subway what did you think it was good wasn't it like he's on the floor taking a beating and then suddenly some guy's head is just blown away and you're like mm. oh fucking hell like he's because it doesn't show you go. For, it doesn't show him go for the gun. You just expect him to take another beating, and then yeah. he just starts gunning them all down. Yeah. And then the slow, um, kind of chase of the other guy who's, oh who's my bleeding God. away and mm. execution. Well, yeah, and they're like, oh, oh, they're looking at each other through the um, train doors. And yeah. So, oh, oh, yeah, no, he's gone for it. Yeah, follows him and then just guns him down at the bottom of the steps. I mean, ruthless. It is ruthless. Without this sounding or coming across the wrong way. Oh God! Here we go. Um, bearing in mind, it's a film. It is a film. I, when this turning point happened for Arthur, for Joker, I was really rooting for him. Actually, in in, <laughs> but, but to to make that turn to, when he was to, gunning the guy down on yeah. the steps. Yeah, go on, shoot Multiple again. Shots. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, but I what I really. What I really wanted to see was him... Finish him. Switch. <laughs> yeah, sorry. But, but I really enjoyed that because... Joker is in Mortal Kombat, sorry. Go yeah, on. that's true. Yeah. Go on, sorry, sorry. He Jesus is in Mortal Kombat. Christ. Sorry. Um, it, because the whole point of this film is that Arthur becomes Joker, right? Yeah. So I wanted to see that turn. So I was really rooting for that to happen. And when it did, it blew me away. Yeah. And it also, it shocked me because I, again, like you, John, I don't think I was expecting it to happen then. And when it did, I was kind of like, Yes, oh mm. God. Yeah. There is that. No, I was buzzing. I was like, kill them. Yeah, they they are pricks. Dicks. They are absolute dicks. I mean, but they didn't deserve death, obviously. But uh, in this in this storyline, it, it was a moment where you're sympathetic towards the murder of three people. That is why this film is quite challenging. That's why it's so powerful. Because you, you feel for Arthur Fleck at this point, And then, you know, as I said, there is a line. Uh, it's a flexible line. And then he does Fle- cross it, flexible. as I said. Um, very good. Flexible, very good. Um, the murders unintentionally start a protest movement against Gotham's rich, with protesters donning clown masks uh, in the unidentified killer's image. 
Arthur later learns that funding cuts are shuttering the social service programme, leaving him without access to his medication. Right, let's talk about this rioting, because I think that is also part of the dangerous aspect of this film. Mm. There's a lot going on at the moment that is really testing elements of society. Yeah, I mean, not just in the US, but, you know... China. Here in old blighty. Yeah, I mean, well, we've we... got fifty percent of the country wants to leave the EU, and fifty wants to stay, yeah, and it's uh, it's a fucking mess. And well, it's, we don't know it... that because we haven't had another referendum, have we? So... Well, let's not get political. Once again, we are um, not political critical, I th- but I think that um, I think that the protests, uh, you know, and actually initially they're just protests. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, and the move into violence is realistic, um, and, and it makes it so you're really right towards the end where it becomes really <coughs> fucking like oh yeah rough. Mm. Um, and I, there is something for society, especially the people who are ostracised from from you know the, the higher echelons of society. Yeah. Where following um, a faceless vigilante. Yep. Is appealing. You know well, that's why people fa- follow Batman. Facelessness. I mean, an interesting concept of this film is obviously set in 1981. The idea these days is you can be a faceless um, vigilante on the internet. You have the ability to stir things up, make comments, and be protected by shoot people. Well, well, not necessarily. Poke and them. Pew, poke pew. them. We can poke, poke them. them via Facebook. Yeah. Uh, anonym- anonymity is um, something that is obviously big with the internet. The, t- the decision to put this film in the eighties makes the internet obviously redundant because it doesn't exist. Mm. But it also means that you have to have a faceless vigilante to stir things up and mm. to be able to be part of this giant movement and that's quite interesting yeah i will say that when you know societies or the you know how many peasant sort of uprisings have there been in history you know just talking many. about yeah, many failed failed at or successful whatever yeah it, it's a story told over and over again throughout history um if you mistreat your populace, if you don't provide ad- adequate health care, and in this case, adequate uh, mental health care, social services, housing, housing benefits for your society, there will be issues and there will be uprisings. That is just told, that is told constantly throughout history, right? Mm. And the lack of medication um, here for Joker, for Arthur, obviously aids him in this descent into madness, correct? Yeah. I mean, he is on seven different medications. Mm. You take those away, especially with the dark thoughts that he's constantly telling the social mm. worker, I sit here, I have dark thoughts all the time. I try and talk to you every week. And all you do is ask me the same questions. Mm. All I have are negative thoughts. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, do you know what's quite interesting, actually, is that you, you describe it as a descent into madness. And from the outside... Madness! Yeah, I get that. Mm. But actually, I almost feel like when he really like solidifies that that turn into joker he yeah. is the clearest he has been i understand that uh, not it's not good don't go murdering no. people that's awful but but do you know what i mean he has a focus and a drive and he know he knows who he thinks he is well no he yeah. thinks he knows who he thinks he is because that's the way that's that too many things. because that's the way that, 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 that he's an unreliable narrator he's you know if he is as we're saying not but as not a mentally sa- 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 sound then that is yeah as a character i understand what you're yeah. saying he's a clear character mm. but mentally his thought process probably is completely all over the place because oh, yeah, of the lack yeah. of medication and everything that's been happening to him with these negative thoughts. This is just, it's very interesting, but it's, you know, once again, a commentary on the fact that they're shutting down the social services. Yeah. They're shutting down the medication for these people who need the mental health medication. Mm-hmm. And like John said, it's not, we're not saying that if he goes off the medication, he's going to, everyone goes kill people. They don't. But this is an extreme case of a supervillain in a comic book film. Mm. You know, it's the extreme case. Yeah. 
That night, Sophie attends um, Arthur's stand-up comedy routine, which goes poorly. He laughs uncontrollably uncontrollably, and has difficult... Difficulty delivering his jokes, like I have difficulty delivering that paragraph. Um, so, I like stand up, but for me, seeing terrible stand up is is literally it's cringe, isn't it's it? the stuff is so hard. Mm. I it's up there for me is just something I I I really really yeah. makes me feel uneasy. I've um, I've been to a couple of uh, stand ups where um, they've just walked off halfway through. Really? Yeah. I've never seen that. Yeah. And I've just sat there and just looked at my mate and just gone, fucking hell, that was grim. That, I mean, how do you come back from that? Yeah. Well, uh, I guess the worst part was before it ended, uh, it was a young lady was, uh, yeah. was the comedian. And she went through this long-winded joke about space. Um, so she was like, she was like an astronaut or something. So she for, was an astronaut? Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's, what, she, yeah, that's what she was doing. As oh, right. Bit. Sick. Um, and she was just like doing this thing where she was picking at herself and just going no and it goes on for like five minutes and then there's just nothing from the crowd and she just went all right well thanks anyway and just walked off <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. oh my lord yeah so it does happen it does happen um and, and it and it is grim to watch and you almost want him to tear the house down um and you kind of get the impression from the first time we see it from his perspective, once again, unreliable narrator, which is this constant theme um, throughout this episode with Mm. with Zazie Beetz's character and also with this stand-up. It starts off terribly, Mm. but, you know, then he hears hears laughter. Yeah. And you're like, oh, maybe he is doing really well. Yeah. Maybe Maybe, that is... Maybe the rest of it was really good. Maybe the rest of it was really good. And Mm. then you're like, okay. And it's that constant thought of like, is this... Is this real? What is going on here? And I was obviously very sceptical. I mean, because I was, I picked up on the Sassy B thing and, mm. and you guys obviously thought that she was genuinely there, right? Yeah. Which yeah. is an interesting take on it. Um, but I, I was like, this, he's just gone delusional here. Mm. Um, a popular talk show host and, and, and the Murray Show, we've ref- referenced Robert De Niro at the start of the podcast. Murray Franklin, the Murray Show is this massive centerpiece for... Arthur, Arthur's life. He imagines himself in the audience at the start of this thing. It's a show that he watches with his mum, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's this nice bonding thing. He thinks Murray's amazing. He sees him as like this father figure, delusional, obviously, once again, these delusions of grandeur, <clears throat> sees himself on the show, imagines himself on the show. Um, well, he's supposed to be like Johnny Carson or something, isn't he? It's like, yeah. it's the big TV show. That Jane everyone, Leno, that wa- kind of yeah, yeah, everyone watches it. He has different guests every week. It's mm. like stand-up sort of stuff. In a, in a world where, I mean, there's like four channels or whatever at yes, this point. No yes. internet, no yes. Netflix. Correct. He is a superstar. Absolute superstar. And this... Not for long. I mean, I, I, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about um, this scene then. I mean, we're going a little bit out of, con- out of shape of the actual film here. But the scene where Murray plays this stand-up clip of him failing and then laughs at him. Oh, that killed me yeah well bearing in mind he's in hospital with his mum at this yeah, point yeah which well. we'll which we'll get on to a bit later but i just wanted to talk about this while we're talking about the stand-up mm. um it, did, it, did it kill you guys it really hurt me yeah it hurt me a lot um well he's just so excited that he's being featured on the show yeah and also that he doesn't understand that this has all gone really wrong and yeah. how yeah. bad it was and, and i think that that's what makes it so heartbreaking mm. um and that's what makes this film so fucking good yeah. Because you feel that towards the Joker. 
Yeah. yeah. And that just for me I was, sitting, I was sitting there and I was thinking, I hope he shoots Robert De Niro in the face later. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then... And then he did. What did you say? Uh, you said that to me on the escalator leaving the cinema. You were like, oh, um, I really wanted it to be brutal, you know? And yeah. I was like, well, you got your fucking wish. <laughs> brutal. You just saw Robert De Niro take one right between the eyes. Yeah. Blood everywhere. Good. Wanker. Um, he, he, well, he, he does come across as a bit of a wanker, doesn't he? Mm. Um, so that scene was, was, was horrible to watch. Uh, once again, the camera lingering on Joaquin's face for a very long time mm. uh, and just the way he acts in this you, 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 if, if you, you, they probably got this in the edit they probably had multiple angles but they were just like you know what fucking leave it on his face mm. just leave it there he is doing such good work don't take it off of him there is something amazing about the, the facial expressions of Joaquin Phoenix in this film it just blows my mind let's uh, jump back in time a little bit and Arthur later intercepts a letter written by his mother Penny to local billionaire and mayoral <laughs> candidate Thomas Wayne, alleging that he is Thomas's legitimate son and berates his mother for hiding the truth. Now, the Waynes... I was actually really interested in the way that the Waynes and the sort of Batman universe mm. was seeded in this film. Mm. And the fact that his mother Penny was obsessed with Thomas Wayne, I was loving that. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is so good. Like they're just mentioning Thomas in fleeting moments. Um, then the bombshell that the reason she keeps writing these letters is letters to Thomas is because she believes that Arthur is the legitimate son of of him of Thomas Wayne. Mm. I was like, no fucking way. Yeah, I, I, but I, I didn't feel like that was going to pan out. No, but as a revelation or a concept, I was like, okay. This has got very interesting yeah. for me. And as a he's Batman's brother. I, well, <laughs> I, I hate that trope though of yeah. the um, Warren Brothers. The, well, because obviously the Batman and Joker rivalry is the ultimate yin and yang in mm. in comic book history, in my opinion. Like mm. they need each other to survive. That's something that Heath Ledger's Joker says implicitly mm. in The Dark Knight, and it's something that is implicit. You're complete. Me. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's something that has been said throughout the Joker and Batman's history. So for them to end up being brothers, for me, is diabolical. I yeah. hate that. I hate it. Well, but this at this moment in the film, I knew, like John said, I was like, there's no way this is panning out. Mm. Um, and it still opens a debate whether it is true or not. But uh, I don't think it is open to yeah. debate. Okay. but I think later on it is absolutely squashed. Yeah. Do you like it, Anne? Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't believe that that was true. Um, but what I did believe is that this would be, um, you know, the, the tip of the spiral down into complete descent. Yeah. For for Arthur and, and you know, and, and okay, there are there are some things where like, oh, maybe they did have, you know, a bit of a, a sordid affair, but but there is, um, there is no way that he is Thomas Wayne's son. The the thing or is, pennies. He he's been looking for a father figure his whole life. He's never had one. He stands up in his fictional Murray show and says, "I've looked after my mother for my whole life." Yeah. Um, and later on, we understand what terrible childhood he had actually. Mm. But he's always been looking for this father figure. So actually, there's a moment, and there is a moment later on where he gets the opportunity to finally uh, try and have a father. He goes to the Wayne Manor uh, to get some answers. Where he meets Thomas's son, Bruce. Mm. Now, if I have any problems with this film, it's Bruce Wayne. Did we need to see Bruce Wayne? Well, certainly not in that guise where there's no security whatsoever. Yeah. How could you walk up to... I mean, Wayne Manor. Walls were tiny. Wayne Manor. <laughs> 
Yeah, he you must know, be like the most famous person in, like, well, certainly in that city, it, if not one more, of yeah, the world. One of the world, yeah. Just Yeah, just wander up and just fucking start touching fucking Bruce, Bruce Wayne's, Wayne's face. face. Yes. What the fuck is that, going on here? Why is, he ta- why is he taking the wand? What What's wrong with this kid? <laughs> trying to entertain the kids again. Back to always trying to be... Um, nice well, to he kids thinks his brother, he, he thinks he's his brother and yeah. this is the interesting point do you remember at the start of the film like he's and he does this a couple of times where he puts the fingers in his mouth and he tries to make that smile like you just said John mm. and he's trying to look at himself and like go I don't know he's trying to maybe see something in himself do you mm. think he's like trying to see himself in Bruce Wayne at that moment like maybe. you are my brother I'm trying to put this put a smile on your face as Heath Ledger says yeah. you know Heath Ledger's Joker I fucking felt very uneasy during that scene. Mm. Um, yeah, proper. And I, I didn't like, I didn't like the kid playing Bruce Wayne, mm. even though the idea that Bruce Wayne obviously never smiles, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Um, but also the fact that Alfred seemed like a fucking prick. Yeah. Like, yeah, I that's lo- not Alfred. I love Alfred. Mm. You know, don't do this to me. Yeah. But also, but they all again, seem like pricks, though. Yeah. Don't they? So like, let's yeah, let's talk about that. Like the well, way, go on, Em. I was gonna say that also goes back to what you're saying before about the unreliable narrator. This yes. is the Joker's perspective, yes. not everybody else's. But I think it's important to see it. I think you need to understand. Yeah. What that family looks like to everyone else. You know, yeah. before Bruce Wayne is is Batman. Yeah. He's just a fucking rich kid. He is. Mm. In, he is. in a society where people are poor and starving and and unable to even get fucking like medication. Uh, and yeah. the Waynes are portrayed in a way that we have never seen before like I'm not saying that you're rooting for them to be killed because you're not (laughs) because you're not but in the context of this film like you said with the unreliable narrator you understand it more Mm. you know what I mean you 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 get it from from a perspective of these citizens of Gotham who are struggling day to day not getting the healthcare not getting the housing you know living meal to from meal to meal all of this sort of stuff Mm. and the Waynes especially Thomas Wayne in this film they, they never say the uh, they never say Martha Wayne, mm. do they? No, they just say the wife. Mm. Interesting, but uh, he, the the way he's portrayed is is shocking. Mm. Actually, like uh, it's so bad. I imagine he would be a little bit like that. He's a big businessman. Yeah, like well, I, we've just not seen him portrayed that way though. And like, also, I mean, his confrontation with Arthur. Yeah. He's like, you're the guy that came around to my house earlier and touched my son's face. Like That's fair. You could kind of understand. If anything, he's holding himself back. Yeah, um, that's fair. That's a fair That's a fair take. That is a very fair take. And it's a, it's a throwaway comment, but, I mean, he punches him in the face and goes, if you ever come to my house again... Brutal punch as well. Yeah. yeah. Good one. Yeah. Sucker punch, if anything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, coward's way, yeah, let's be yeah. honest. He sucker punched him. He yeah. sucker punched him, yeah. Um, but he's a big guy. I think he probably would have oh, seriously weighed him in. Yeah, I mean, Joker's actually deceptively strong for his malnourished physique, mm. I would say. But uh, yeah, Why I mean, are gun? I mean, yeah, anyway, <laughs> it's just, just very interesting to me. Um, yeah. Shortly after, uh, he goes to the Wayne Manor and we see the weird interaction with Bruce. Uh, two Gotham City Police Department detectives uh, are investigating the, the, the three subway murders, which have become this, you know, massive thing in the press and caused all these riots mm. uh, and they know it was a clown obviously uh, and they're investigating Arthur's involvement because he had the gun and he was they're obviously going to like clown higher places and doing their research and yeah. they say they're connecting they, the dots they connect to the dots like like a, a detective should yeah um, why was he sacked he brought a gun into a kid's hospital and then the same day same day three people killed okay right yeah <laughs> 
Uh, the same day, same day, he was fired after bringing a gun into a children's hospital. Three people, and where was the hospital? And where does he live? So he had to get the train. Right, okay. So that's on the same that's, line. That's the same we'll line. Put him on the maybes. Yeah, we have a couple of questions for you. Yeah. He goes to ask Penny. Penny suffers a stroke because she can't believe what's going on and is hospitalised. Yeah. Um, Terrible. Bloody is terrible. We've already talked about the public event where Arthur confronts Thomas, yeah. um, who says to Arthur that Penny is mentally unstable and not his biological mother. Yeah. Why is he saying that? Well. You see it two ways, can't you? Either he's trying to hurt him. Um, well, or he's definitely trying to, trying to hurt him. Or, or he's trying to give him the truth to allow him to realise that he's not his, his uh, son. Do it in a better way, though. Yeah. I mean, it let's was a knobbish move. Yeah. Come on, mate, let's go and get Should we leave this Charlie Chaplin and go grab a coffee? Yeah. Don't worry about the process. <laughs> um, what I think is, I know you think, Em, that there is definitely not any room for this to be his actual son. But I took it a bit differently. I took the way that Alfred reacted to it and I took it the way that he reacted to it as a bit of a cover-up um, okay. at this point. Um, I, I've actually fallen down on the side with, with where you guys are on this. That it's mm. not true, but I do think there is wiggle room for interpretation there. And I definitely think that um, it feels like a cover-up at certain points. But, 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 but he goes to the Arkham... Hospital, which looked terrifying. Yeah, brilliant. How good did it look? <clears throat> I just realised that you guys can't see my face, listeners. Um, I was making a terrified face. Yeah. It, fucking brilliant. Yeah, And yeah. it just looked so 80s institution. Trash everywhere yeah. outside it. Massive, yeah. scary building, grey clouds. It's exactly how I imagined Arkham Asylum. And it's not the asylum, but they called it Arkham, Hosp- Arkham yeah, State yeah, Hospital yeah. here. Yeah. Um, it's a prison. Arkham Asylum is like the scariest place ever. It's where all of Batman's, you know, nemesis are held because at the end of the day, as we know, Batman doesn't kill anyone. Mm. He just imprisons them in padded cells. Yeah. And it was so cool to see it from the outside and see him approaching this building. Mm. He goes there to discover um, the truth about his mother and the fact that whatever happened and... Heartbreaking. Wow. Mm. So not only do we see these little flashbacks with 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 Penny in a sort of interrogation room, obviously unreliable narrator again, although he's reading a file, he's imagining these events, obviously. Yeah. yeah. This is him. He's even in the corner of the room at some point looking at these events. Mm. You know, he's this is all going on in his mind. That she, you know, let him be abused, chained to a radiator, hit around the head repeatedly, which is why he might be in the condition that he's in now. That's 100% why he, he has this condition. He might have been like a normal kid at one point. Yeah. But because she was delusional, because she was in these hateful relationships and she allowed him to be beaten, he is the way that he is. And he spent his whole life caring for her in the absence of a father figure. Mm. It turns she's out she's never been able to care for him. She's never been able to care for him. And every father figure he did have abused him in the past. Mm. And he doesn't know about it. He's got no recollection of it. Brutal stuff. Yeah. Poor fella. Poor, poor fella. I mean, once again, this is where sympathy is hitting a high note. Bearing in mind at this point, he's killed three people on a subway. Yeah, I, I he burns Gotham down. At this point, you honestly though, do. honestly yeah. though, there is a yeah. part of you that wants him, and it sounds terrible to say it. You're kind a, of rooting for him. There is a part of you that is like, just burn it all to the ground. Yeah. Um, obviously, once again, there's a flexible line here, and we know when it's crossed. Um, I mean, it's a movie, so we're not. We don't really want to burn it down. Gotham doesn't exist. He he goes to the hospital yeah. and um, brutally smothers his mum. Mm. 
fuck me. I mean, this is where we're talking about line crossing now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so... I mean, I did think he crossed the line when he just murdered three people, but yeah. Oh, they were beating him up, though. Self-defence. In America, <laughs> in some places you are, self-defence is... Hmm. You know, that is... And here... Not if you shoot them in the back whilst they're already wounded on the bottom complete, of the stairs. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay, good um, good point. But no, you're, um, you're right. This is this is a real turning point, isn't it? This is this is just completely and utterly cold and brutal. Mm. Uh, it's just so hard to watch. And, and this film is difficult to watch. There's a lot of scenes that I found this very hard to watch. Mm. Uncomfortable. Um, he's just sitting there smoking a cigarette. Amazingly well lit. And uh, just from a cinematography point of view, mm. fuck me, this film looks incredible. Yeah. Um, so well styled. Just it just looks incredible, and just the smoke—he's blowing it like into the camera lens, and it's mm. dissipating. And then he just picks up the pillow and smothers her. <sighs> I just was like, okay, we're here now. We're, we've got the Joker. The Joker is here. Um, and the following set of scenes in his apartment, um, you know, take us even further. He's getting ready for his appearance. On the Murray Show, because they have been in touch. Yeah. And they've said, hello, um, I know we took the piss out of you. Um, or, you know, made everyone in the country laugh at you yeah. the last couple of days. Joke. Um, you, you are a joker. Um, we would love you to come on the show. Murray loves you. He absolutely loves you. Please Yay. come on the show. So he does. He goes on the show. He's going on the show. Thursday night, he's going on the show. He's there preparing his routine. And what is he doing? Watching other people... Um, on the show mimicking them yeah he's yeah. such a mimic but that I think that's how he's got his way through life is by mimicking because he doesn't know how to behave mm. yes very good point that scene where he's sat on the sofa watching this guy being interviewed on the same show yeah and he's hearing the laughter yeah he's yeah, hearing yeah. the yeah. audience these delusions you know it's all going on mm. I want to talk about actually just before I forget I want to really talk about the scene after he kills um Penny. Yeah. And he goes into Zazie Beats' house. Yes. Drenched in the rain. The thing about the character of uh, of Joker and Joaquin is he, at the start of this film, he is frail. He is just, just this weak person beaten mm. up by kids in the street. Yeah. Just his physique, everything about him when you look at him is frail. And then you see him stomping through in the rain to the flat. I was like, just because of what he's done, he is this big yeah. character now. Mm. And he looked it like Joaquin transformed yeah. throughout this film. It's the posture and the walk it's and the way that mad. he almost just Purpose. stands up. I couldn't believe yeah, I couldn't Purpose. believe the transformation. Like, I was like, oh my God, I'm terrified of this guy now. Where mm. I before I was like, oh you know, he's nothing. He's a mm. stick. Yeah. He goes into Zazie Beats' house, sits down, she comes in, you guys then twig, oh they've never met before. Mm. Right? Yeah, and it was only at this moment I was like, oh fuck. <sighs> question for you she's like oh can you please leave can you please leave and he does the like you just did john the gun thing to the head which was a sign post from earlier in the film mm-hmm. do you think he murdered her and her daughter no no i don't think so you don't think so no do you you know what after the ending of this film i'm kind of on the fence mm. i think he feels if he did believe those delusions, which we think that he does believe his delusions, mm. that they had had this relationship and then she's like saying, get out of my house. 
But he then goes through with the flashbacks going, oh, no, actually, she wasn't fucking there. No, I that's think... us being told. Well, that's know. us felt... being told that he's not there. I felt that like she he wasn't was there. clicking onto it. I'll... I felt he was twigging. I don't know. I don't know. But it... again, it's subjective, isn't it? It's an interesting one. I mean, the, the thought of him have I mean... done that, I mean, that's just horrible. But I, I think they leave, the reason they don't show you it is they leave it open to interpretation. Mm. I, I think that's definitely the intention there. Yeah. No, uh, I, don't, I don't think so. Okay. It's just yeah, just an interesting question, yeah. listeners. Listeners, let us know what you thought. Email us at fancriticalpodcast at gmail um, I think that's one of the most controversial moments in the film. Mm. Uh, Arthur, you know, he's getting ready in his flat. Obviously, he's killed his mum, so he knows this. But he hears a knock on the door, um, knock knock, as it were. And that is how it goes. That yeah. is how it goes. Little gas. Little. Uh, <laughs> yeah it is Gaz and also Randall has turned up at his flat they've got a bottle because they've heard about um, they've heard about Penny's death but also Randall has the intention of trying to cover his back and say that he didn't sell the gun to him because it, obviously that would be a massive crime mm. it would also be tying him into the crimes themselves if it was him and wow the the visceral violence in this film is yeah. shocking and this was brutal. This, Amazing. Good though, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, so it, good. I mean, it is. It's a. It's a. It's a moment of just pure violence. Mm. Um, scissors to the head repeatedly. I, I mean, what must have been like fifty stabs or something. Yeah, I think the first one's in the neck, and then it was, one in the head, and yeah, everywhere. Yeah. It was incredible. No music. Scissors. No music. Just the screaming of Gaz in the corner, <laughs> and. <laughs> And just poor little fellow. Uh, like, what must he be thinking? I couldn't believe what was going. I mean, what were we thinking? What were we thinking, guys? Talk and to me. Talk to me. I don't know. I mean, obviously he leaves him, and you know, little Gaz gets to escape after she's had to ask him to take the chain off the door. That was hot. I mean, that was, that was, a, t- was a tough scene. Tough scene to watch this. Mm. Um, but I, do you know what? Fair play. Randall is a prick. Yeah, but. There's... He can't just keep murdering everyone that's a prick, though. That's, he can, that's he's the... Joker, it's a yeah. film. Um, y- yes. I mean, morally, absolutely not. He. Uh, but movily... The the, yeah. the shot of him on the floor with the blood yeah. splash across his face that's obviously got white paint on it. Oh, him. my Lord, what a shot. Excellent. And just the way he is afterwards... He's like... shaking and stuff. <sighs> the, perform- the performance is just out of this world. Mm. It's, it's, you know... And the, as I said... The style and vision of the film, like you said, with the blood splatter on the white paint, mm. seems like such a simple thing to say. Yeah. But that there's been a lot of thought that's gone into that. Mm. Um, and just the horror, that horrific image, and, you know, it, it really pays off here. When, uh, when, he let, when he lets little Gaz go, yeah. he, uh, he kisses him on the top of the head. Yeah, sweet. Says, you really were the only sweet. one that was ever nice to me. And that's the thing, like... So, yeah. He's still got elements of humanity in there. Mm. He, I reckon that was Joaquin. Do you reckon? Yeah. Mm. What, just like... Um, ad-lib. Yeah, I think he ad-libbed the, the kiss nice. on the head. Nice. It felt human. It did feel a bit human, didn't it? Mm. There was an amazing scene just after this where um, he's dancing down the stairs. Yep. Oh, man. Which yep. I fucking loved. Um, it was a, a metaphorical descent into his madness. Yeah. into the character of the Joker. Earlier in the film, he walks up those stairs yeah. very slowly, very meek. It's hard work. Very hard work, very mm. meek, very frail. He's got his medication in his hand and he walks up those stairs. Mm. 
He's fucking loving the descent, isn't he? Yeah, he's loving it. And yeah. and he's he's fully in the Joker outfit, the makeup. He has dyed his hair. He's feeling strong, like I said, an imposing character now. Mm. And does lots of thrusting. Lots of thrusting, but yeah. his, his dance moves <laughs> and the way that Joaquin Phoenix uses his body is just out of this world. Mm. It is so alien, isn't <laughs> it? It does feel alien. It feels yeah. Yeah. like something I've not seen before. And yeah. the score, I mean, it's the same uh, lady who did Chernobyl. So if you've not seen Chernobyl, go watch it. Fucking brutal Barrel watch. Barrel of laughs, isn't it? Barrel of laughs. <laughs> um, but the music in that is very haunting and sort of slow. Mm. And, and the music in this with the strings and the harshness of them feels very unnerving. It makes you, makes the hair stand up on your, on, yeah. on your arm. You know, it's that sort of music. Or back. Or back, if you've got a hairy back, John. <laughs> Um, you know, Ooh. wherever. Shave your back, man. We've talked about this. Batman. But let's talk. He, he runs away from the police who are now chasing him. That annoyed me that they were at the top of the stairs when this scene was going on because mm. it, it felt like the scene was so beautiful. It just needed to cut to him on the train. Yeah, these shadowy figures at the top. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It, was such a be- it was such a beautiful, weird scene. Mm. Um, he runs on the train where, you know, the cities are run amok with these clown masks now. And he... he he disguises himself as they're chasing him through the train. He incites this riot that kicks off. The policemen get absolutely battered. Yeah. And that's when you know the city is at breaking point. Well, one of them guns someone down by accident, didn't they? Yeah, well, the policeman, yeah, guns yeah. one of the clowns. Yeah, so all fucking hell lets loose. It's, 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 on, it's at tipping point. The knife is about to fall. Mm. The edge of the blade is about to go. And he goes to the Murray show. Um, in- so there's that shot of the Joker taking the mask off of the clown. And putting it... Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, it away and he yeah, doffs his cap, sort of thing. But yeah. it's just that that kind of symbolistic, yeah, taking the mask off and hundred percent, he's, he's the Joker, hundred percent. Um, good point. And then uh, he goes to the Murray show, speaks to Murray, meets him. Murray seems perfectly pleasant, actually, behind the scenes. Maybe you know, it's all an act, obviously, his show, mm. obviously, yeah. But uh, at this point, Joaquin has, has set his plan. He's set his stall out. We're not 100% on what his plan is. We kind of get the impression, I got the impression, that he was going in there to kill himself. Yeah. Um, well, that's, yeah, so the, that's the thing, isn't it? It's, yeah. you know, knock, knock, who's there, and then he just blows his own head off. Yes. And there's a certain point, obviously we'll talk about in a minute, where he obviously changes his mind. He says, Murray, can you introduce me as Joker? Because that's what you called me on your show. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, yeah, 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 fine, sure, whatever. And then you have that amazing shot of the him behind the curtain doing his weird dance moves, mm. coming out to the studio audience and meeting amazing. Murray, cutting to shots of it on the actual TV, which yeah. I love. I love the mm. use of using the different angles here to make it feel very un, you know, awkward and live yeah. and uneasy. Mm. And you have just... That's an awesome little intro, doesn't he? That little spinning dances and stuff. It's so good. Yeah. But it's this... He's mo- very elegant. And I think um, it's it's quite hauntingly beautiful. It is. Mm. And this is where we see full Joker. It's full Joker, but there are elements of Arthur still in there who were hurt by what has happened to him. Yes. So he's having this conversation with, with De Niro. And we've said about the joke that John laughed at um, very inappropriately. <laughs> And Dr. Sally or whatever she's called is there and he gives her the kiss. You obviously. can't say that. You can't say it. That's not funny. We don't <laughs> like that type of humour around here, Arthur. Yeah, that was that made me chuckle actually. Yeah. When she started saying that. Um 
Well, I mean, he has just come on and snogged her out of nowhere. Yeah, so. yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Well, if you're going to kill yourself, then get everything out of it. Live wire. But he changes his mind midway through this this interaction, and he's just like, you know what? I killed those three people on the subway, and then you know what would usually happen? Security would run on, stop the show. Yeah, it's 1981 though. But the arrogance of A I different th- time. I think it's the arrogance of of Robert De Niro's character of Murray. Yeah. Um, here, who is trying to use the situation to further his reputation. Yeah. yeah. He, he wants the scoop. He wants the scoop. He wants to know why did you do it? Why did you do it? Uh, and then we're getting you know the typical Joker answer because it's funny. Yeah. Because it's there's no re you know there's no reason they deserve to die. Humor is subjective. Humor is subjective. If I was laid down on the street and that was me, you would just walk straight past me. But because they were three employees of the Wayne industry who had had education and everything given to them, you lord them like it's some, they're like martyrs or something. Mm. Yeah. Very interesting points here, and it's that's Arthur talking as well as the Joker, because mm-hmm. he feels slighted his whole life. He feels slighted. And then as it starts getting more heated and Murray still, you know, gets a bit more aggressive, he blows his fucking brains out. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. And he says, knock, knock, who's there? If you, you know, society mistreats a mentally ill person, you get your fucking head blown off or something yeah, 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 yeah. like that. And I was just like, okay. I mean, there's subtext and then there's, you could just say it in a knock-knock joke and literally shoot Robert De Niro between the eyes. Blood goes everywhere. Yeah. Did they um, shoot him again? Just like, oh, do you know what? Yeah. yeah. And I guess it's a horrible scene to watch. You feel... It reminded me of like a Tarantino scene mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. the dialogue's unfolding and you know this impending doom is yeah. about to happen. Yeah. And I understand why people have a massive issue with this scene for the shooting. It's understandable how an audience might react to this negatively, correct? Yes. Um, how well, did you I mean, guys react to it, though? Because obviously... As well, I, said, I loved it, didn't I? But yeah. um, look, uh, you, can't, you can't worry about making a film or TV show and, oh, am I, allo- am I allowed to use this because blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, weirdly enough, obviously, they, they say, or at least the producers of the show say to... Arthur, he can't go out dressed as a clown because yes. obviously two policemen have just been fucking beaten up. By clowns. By clowns. Yeah. And Murray's like, ah, fuck it, don't worry about it. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, Arrogance. And that, and, yeah, but that's almost like the film saying, yeah. you know, don't worry about it. Don't fucking worry about it's it. It's a film. Mm. It's, it is a film and, 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 you know, I understand the arguments about the violence, but it, it didn't come across that way to, to us when we were watching it. But obviously, mm. if you have a different opinion, as I've said, please do write into us. Very polarising film with... Um, a lot of big themes in here. Mm. Um, as he has been arrested and been taken away by the police, the, you see the chaos and the riots all around, which looked, I mean, visually horrifying, obviously, but at the same time, the cinematography is beautiful. Mm. We have a nod to, I believe, Heath Ledger's Joker here. We see the, the, the side-on fixed camera shot of the police window and him laid against it very Mm. similar to Heath Ledger driving through early morning Gotham as he has done so in the dark night just destroyed the city to an extent Mm. very very good callback loved it Um, did you guys you picked up on that yeah I mean it's uh, it's such an iconic scene isn't it I'd say it's one of the most iconic shots of that Mm. film isn't it Um, it's crazy but you know pardon the pun um, a ambulance crashes into the car and at this point I was like 
please say this is the clowns. Mm. You know, send in the clowns, basically. Because I was like, it's just, if it's just coincidentally that he gets away or something or whatever, um, I was going to be gutted. But when the clowns get out and they they raise him up as this sort of messiah figure Mm. and you see the fires burning all around him and I was like, oh my Lord. It's beautiful. little dance, isn't he? he, But he's finally... Milking it. But you remember there's that scene earlier in the film where he's like, and this is Taxi Driver through and through, but he's got the gun out and he's talking to himself and he's trying to pretend to have, you know, you talking yeah. to me, you talking yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly the same sort of thing, right? Yeah. And we've talked about the parallels with Taxi Driver, but he's performing to no one. He's always wanted to perform to people and then he's finally being able to do it in this chaotic scene, this chaotic, beautiful scene mm. for him. And they're loving him. They are loving him. Yeah. And and you can understand that in this world that that, that Todd Phillips has, has sort of made this Gotham that he's created because I think it's a it's a good take on Gotham. You could a hundred percent buy people breaking this guy out of a out of an asylum. Mm. You could buy a character like Harley Quinn falling in love with a character like the Joker. Yeah, yeah. you can completely understand these characters who would idolize this man. Mm. You know, after what he's done especially in a place like Gotham. So I bought all of it completely. Yeah. And when he ends up in the asylum, I was like, that's correct, because he, he 100% needs to end up in Arkham Asylum. Um, but the interview with the other social worker, what did you, what did you make of it at the end? What did, you, what did you think about that chat? Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know if that, they needed it, to be honest. I agree with you, John. Mm. I think he needed to end up there, but yeah. I didn't think they need needed this chat i was a bit baffled when he was walking off and there's blood all on the floor yeah so i'm gonna ask you about that i mean it's the end of the film are they saying he's just killed the therapist i think so i think they must be i think so otherwise it doesn't make any sense i think i think that's what they're saying you know when they could have just had him in a cell yeah laughing laughing and i think that would have been really Mm. powerful and i I was really hoping the film would end on joaquin's face because it's been such an important even a hard cut yeah hard cut you know it was like an it was like we got an epilogue to the epilogue like him dancing around in the car Mm. could have ended there it could have ended with the pullback on the television screens Mm. and cut to black there yeah that Mm. would have been very powerful i Mm. think but they went for this extra asylum thing. And then to even have the social worker or therapist or whatever, it's not social worker, it's obviously a therapist, sorry, interviewing him. I was like, well, are they going for a Harley sort of reference here? Because mm. that's obviously how she becomes Harley Quinn. She was like a doctor who was mm. like studying him, obsessed with him, yeah. and then falls in love with him. Um, are they going for like a Harley thing here? And then they're just like sort of this weird shot where he walks down the hallway with the blood and the fading character. Mm. I was like, hmm, the, what the are they saying here? Running mm. back and forth was almost farcical, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah what was it, that? That was a bit bizarre. Mm. But, it, uh, I, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of the end, 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 end the final end, but yeah. I will say that that, you know, that's a, a small, small little quip yeah. with an epilogue, epilogue. But overall, uh, we all came out shocked, stunned, and not saying obsessed with this film, and I don't think no, it's a it's, film... It's good. It's a very, very good film. Very, very, very good. What, where would you rank it this year, John? Um, oh, it's, it's a tough one. I think uh, it's not been a stellar year for films. It really hasn't. Mm. I think it's been a bad year. I mean, yeah. End Endgame, we loved. But we loved it because it was the culmination <laughs> of years of our lives, a decade of our lives. Mm. Um, 
multiple hours podcasting. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's my film of the year so far. Mm. Um, I'm not saying that it will be my film of the year at the end of the year because it's obviously Oscar season soon. This is definitely in contention, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, mm. The actor category, 100%. Cinematography, I hope so as well. And music. But um, it's my film of the year. Emma, where do you fall down on it? Uh, I mean, it's definitely in the, the, the top echelons of this year in terms of films. Um, I've seen quite a variety of different things. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I think uh, it's the only film I've five bloobed, though. This year? Mm. Very good. No, that's a lie. No. She's lying. Did you four bloob uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, did you? Yeah. I mean, I've not seen it yet, which is a shocker for the audience. Um, sorry yeah, about that. Terrible, that is terrible. That is terrible. I was away. Leave me alone. I thought it'd be fun to end the podcast with our rating of every iteration of the Joker that I could think of. Um, so the the Jokers we have on show are obviously Jack Nicholson playing yeah. the Joker in the original Batman. Well, not the original Batman film, but. The Batman. But yeah, the, the first... The, the, the first major yeah. one that's not from like the 60s. Tim Burton's. Yes. Uh, then we also have Heath Ledger's Joker in The Dark Knight. Mm. We have Zach Galifianakis as the Joker in Lego Batman. <laughs> Don't joke. The Lego <laughs> Batman yeah, is yeah. fucking one of the best Batman films of all time. I'm telling you now. I love that film. Okay. Uh, you have Mark Hamill as the Joker in the animated DC universe. Mm. Uh, you have Jared Leto as the Joker in Suicide Squad, and you have Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker that we have here in Joker. Mm. Uh, I'm going to ask you, well, let's do it together. Should we Should we do it together? Let's do it together. I would like to put in sixth place at the bottom, I'd like to put Jared Leto's Joker. Yeah, um, I mean, Suicide Squad was tripe. I mean, um, he is just, he's a, a brilliant actor. Misused. Um, the script was terrible. But... I'm just like, what the fuck were they thinking with with that? What were they thinking? What were they thinking? What were they thinking? Um, So we all agree that he goes sixth. I don't, but for the sake of of this, I agree. It's a democracy. (laughs) I'm going to say Lego Joker is probably sixth, but you can have Leto. No, honestly. I've I've not seen Lego Batman. Watch it and then tell me what you think about the Joker in that. He's very needy and it's very funny. You've forgotten one of my favourite Jokers, which is the guy that plays Joker in uh, Gotham. He's really good. Oh, really? Yeah, well, really good. I'd definitely recommend a watch of that because he's... He, he's not on the list. His story is very different, but just... Okay. And where's well, the he's, Joker from the fucking TV series? What he is? He's fucking... Oh, well, no, he's not in it. I'm not doing that. I'm just doing these six. Camp. This is, this, what he's it, iconic. Man. He is iconic, but we're just doing... Sorry, listeners. We're just doing the six that I read, okay? All right. Right, so fifth, we're going to say Galifianakis, Lego Batman. Uh, I've not seen it, so... Well, I'll go... Let's go with yeah. fifth on that. Let's go with fifth on that. Um, fourth... You have a choice between Hamill, Nicholson, Ledger or Joaquin. I'm going to go with Mark Hamill, but it's fucking, he is awesome. I'm not saying he's not good. He's awesome. I agree with uh, that. Uh, yeah. He is awesome as that. I'm just saying the next three, I think, are definitely the Third's top three. Third would be Nicholson. Yeah. Third would be Nicholson for me. Um, unbelievable telling of the character at the time. Yeah. I just think that the character's moved on a bit mm. since then. Yeah. Uh, I, I just think, you know... That was of its time, brilliant, amazing, and yeah. and even the performance of of Joaquin in this is kind of like you know Nicholson in The Shining kind of way. You see that descent yeah. and that yeah crazy faces that he pulls and everything. Yeah, and and Nicholson hundred percent inspired performances like this. Mm. I'm not saying he didn't. Yeah, uh, would you say now it's a, a tough one? Would you say Ledger or 
Joaquin as number one. Bearing in mind one is extremely fresh in our mind, so try and be as unbiased as possible. Which one or which version do you think is second and which version do you think is the best version of the Joker? I uh, I mean, not to sit on the fence here. Um, oh, God. But they're two very different tellings of the Joker. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, Heath Ledger's Joker is Arthur Fleck 10 years down the line. Yes. So it's very difficult to compare the two because yeah because if you were going to critique Heath Ledger's um obviously you've got the famous line from um Alfred where he says some people just want to watch the world burn yeah mm. one of my but favorite quotes you'd be like oh what's this guy's fucking problem like, <laughs> honestly <laughs> that is what you would think you'd be like yeah I mean he's just burnt loads of money yeah so he's not interested in money nope he just wants chaos for like no reason. Chaos like, for chaos' is sake. Problem. Um, whereas actually, uh, with Joaquin's uh, Joker, yeah, it kind of enhances Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah, in a way. Yeah. So I would say Joaquin's got the advantage of the fact that it's a film about T- just him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas obviously the Dark Knight, even though. You know, it's it's a Batman film. Heath Ledger is is a major part of that film. He's the main actor in it. He's the he's the main character yeah. in that film. Yeah. Even though it's a Batman film. Yeah. Which is crazy. Um. Pardon the pun. But I I I couldn't I couldn't compare the two. Okay, Emma. Um, I, I agree with with Jonathan uh, to a large extent. However, personal preference. Yeah. Um, I would put Joaquin above Ledger. Okay. So it comes down to me. Comes down That's just opinions, mate. to my opinion to make it fact of which one's the best. I'm going to say I agree with everything that John just said. Um, but because this is a film that he gets more range, gets to show more range, the, the, the Ledger Joker was just, like you said, chaos for chaos's sake. Mm. He had no backstory. He had no tags on his clothes. He had nothing to identify him as a person, like when mm. he's arrested. He is just this crazy anarchist. Um, but I think Joaquin had some more stuff to do here. Mm. I think he had to portray a man who has serious mental health issues, who was neglected by society, his mother, um, beaten up at a young age, then, you know, just delusions of grandeur um just everything about him i think the journey that he goes on into finally becoming the joker is so strong mm. uh, the way that he didn't eat for months before performing in this the way 52 his 52 pounds he lost the way that his body is the way that his it smile like bad weight loss as well yeah the way that his smile is the way that his laugh is i honestly think i'll give it to whacking Ooh. I'll give it to Joaquin. Bold. My opinion might change in years to come. Uh, after, you know, seeing... I've seen The Dark Knight, honestly, I, I'd probably say about 20 times. Mm. So I, I know that film at like the back of my hand. And when I've seen this like 10 times, I mean, you wouldn't really watch this film like 10 times. It's very depressing, <laughs> um, to be honest. But that my opinion might change. But right now, I would say I'd give it to Joaquin. And I hope he wins the Oscar. And that'll be mad because then we'll have two people <clears throat> playing the Joker winning Oscars. Mm. And it's not like Nicholson didn't, you know, he probably even had a shout back then. Yeah. So 
That's madness. But thank you guys for joining me on the Joker journey. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. Oh, it was long, wasn't it? Very long. But there's a lot to talk about with this film. Mm. Uh, Very serious. Very serious. Why so serious? Uh, Why so serious, serious, guys? But uh, yes, if you have enjoyed this podcast, please do subscribe, share, and please do review on iTunes. We appreciate any reviews. Um, They are massively, massively appreciated here. Mm. Uh, They cheer us up on a daily basis when we receive them. So please do send them in. We don't get them daily, but please do uh, send them in. You can sponsor us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash fan critical. Go there. All the tiers. We've said it before. You can see them all. Check them out. Go to fan underscore critical on Instagram at fan critical pod on Twitter and fan critical on Facebook and chuck us a like, throw us a follow, you know, send us a little message. We don't mind. We'll Look, reply. If, if you want a signed poster, if you want a signed poster, so, you know, if you don't, then yeah. don't say anything. Leave us a review. You want that signed poster, all you have to do is leave us a review and then email us or get in touch with us on one of those social platforms and let us you, let us know you have done so. And at the end of the week, we'll reveal a winner. Mm. Signed poster from the team. Yeah. There you go. Very nice poster as well. With our John Hancocks. With our John Hancock. Emma's first ever John Hancock. Woo! Obviously, <laughs> me and John have been giving out autographs for a while now. So. Yeah, yeah. Big yeah. time. We're big time. Uh, But thank you guys for listening to us. Hope you enjoyed the film. Let us know your thoughts. Email us, of course. And we'll be back with loads more content in the coming weeks. Thank you. Bye-bye. See ya.